You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Alhamdulillah, it's Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jama'ah that's uh, keeping you company. Let's welcome our pious and sagacious ummah with a hearty Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Medical Files is a program and alhamdulillah, well, you know, bad habits uh, that impact negatively on our lives. Where do we get those bad habits from? Do we inherit it? Is it in our genes or we just make a informed choice? I want to have that habit. I'm a bad person or so forth and so forth. But uh, to give a uh, shed light on uh, this uh, topic is uh, none other than a family physician and he's someone uh, that he's a GP and is a special family uh, uh, physician, someone that you and I and all of us embrace and celebrate on uh, the platforms of Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And a doctor just before the show told me, you know, Shafaat, uh, I said, you know, how many of your family members around the world have listened to you? And he said, you know, Shafaat, I've been on radio for so long. They may be tired of listening to him. And I said, you know, doctor, you're the type of person that when hey, you, you talk, people all, even myself, I turn my head and I said, I have to listen to this individual. You can hear the sincerity, you can hear the hikmah, and you can hear the knowledge over the years coming through. So you know what? Doc, you put a smile on the dial. And those that are missing out, that's not listening, they're missing out a big time. Dr. Farooq Hafiji, the listeners of uh, Marcus Sahaba, uh, let me welcome you all with a hearty assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing this fine, uh, beautiful evening, doctor? Assalamualaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and to your listeners. Alhamdulillah, uh, everything is fine. Waiting for Ramadan, uh, getting my jet fuel ready uh, to take off in Ramadan. Uh, let's hope uh, we have enough uh, gumption uh, to, uh, to, to uh, project us into Ramadan in a very healthy, healthy way so that we can take advantage of this very blessed month. Well, you know, I tell you, Doc, I like the way you said that. Allah bless you for that because you said you're getting uh, your fuel. And it's the spiritual fuel that comes to the fore. You know, it's a high-octane spiritual fuel that uh, comes through. And, you know, look at the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on us, uh, Doctor, that, you know, he's given us uh, this beautiful month of uh, Ramadan that's coming in. He's also given us uh, Shaban, during Shaban and, uh, you know, Rajab Shaban, Ramadan in Shaban, we, we, they call it like it's the spring before the, uh, uh, you know, before Ramadan. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His mercy has given us uh, this month. And, you know, perhaps uh, you have said it uh, so beautifully that you're getting ready. I can hear it in your voice already. But, uh, Doctor, looking at our topic uh, this um, evening you know bad habits that impact negatively on our on 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 us and you know is this an informed choice or is this a just a bad habit subconsciously coming through or is it something that uh, you know what you make an informed choice you can either be a good or a bad person or you know we can't talk about uh, you know there was something that said the good the bad the ugly but the bottom line good or bad talk to us about it doc uh, yes, uh, in, in fact, we are blessed. We are blessed uh, with Allah, Allah Taala giving us uh, one month in the year to correct ourselves in so many different ways. Uh, physically, our eating habits, our sleeping habits, uh, that we wake up in the morning for Fajr, we wake up for Tahajjud, we wake up for Fajr, we read our Salah, uh, we, we, go, we go back to Allah in this month. And there are so many advantages in this month. Uh, remember, it takes about three weeks for us to develop a habit. 
and if you do it consistently for three weeks, it then becomes a habit. So uh, we should, uh, Allah has given us uh, the, the whole month to do it, more than three weeks uh, for us to develop healthy habits, healthy way of living, which Allah Ta'ala loves. Good character is what Allah Ta'ala is looking for all the time. Good character is one of those things that trumps everything. Uh, you you can you can be a very generous person, but a bad character, and it doesn't carry much weight. So you, you, your your character is is so 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 important, and so we we will we will talk about that uh, a little later in the program. But this is an a this is an opportunity for us to to self analyze ourselves, uh, you know, and and see where our problems are. Uh, someone said that you you know uh, I think. Um, a person went to a sheikh and asked him, you know what, uh, how do I find out what my problems are? What, what, what's wrong with me? He said, there's no problem. You don't have to go very far. Just ask your wife and she'll tell you everything that's, that, that's, that is wrong with you. So I think that's one of the things that we need to, one of the first things that we need to do is to ask people around us. Uh, husbands and wives should ask each other, uh, you know, what am I doing that is upsetting you? What am I doing that's not right? Uh, and uh, well, we think it's normal because we grow up in that environment from childhood. Uh, we think the, the way our family lives is a normal way of living. Our father may be abusing our mothers, and we think that we are supposed to abuse our mothers. Uh, so we start abusing our wives when we get married. And so uh, our father is angry and, and a person who does, uh, always angry and uh, is not approachable uh, and, uh, and uh, doesn't talk. You can't converse with him. And we grow up thinking that that's how a father should be. So when we become fathers, uh, we become like that. So uh, we think that that's normal. Uh, so after a while, normality gets blurred. You don't know, you don't know what's normal after a while. So it's, it's a good idea to bounce off on somebody close to us uh, to uh, to tell us, you know, what are we doing that is not right? But we must be prepared to uh, accept what the other person is saying and not get upset with that other person. And we are we are we, we are not supposed to, um, uh, you know, take revenge against that person who is telling you that. Look, you know what? This is a, this is what you do, and this is what, this is not right. Uh, this is what you do, and I don't like you. You're doing this, whatever it is, and uh, you you say this to people, and it's not right. If you're upsetting people, uh, we should take uh, cognizance of all this and say to ourselves, look, I need to improve. So I need to start uh, with, and, and you can ask, you can you can use that same person, your, your, your wife, your husband, or your brother or sister, whoever it is, uh, to guide you along and say, if you do make that mistake, they must, they must quietly come to you and say, you know what, you just said something that you're not supposed to say and you, you just hurt somebody. So you have an opportunity of immediately apologizing uh, to that person or to the to whoever it is that that you created a problem for, so I think Ramadan is a month that we can take stock of ourselves, our physical bodies as well as our mental self, mental uh, uh, way in which we are thinking and the things that we do, which annoy people, which upset people. We need we need to use this month to correct everything. You know, Doctor, you say it so very eloquently, and I really enjoyed that. And uh, I've been thinking at every line that you spoke, uh, there's something that, you know, that we can comment on. But one of the is a thing, maybe on a lighter note, they say behind every successful man, there's a woman. Now tell me, Doctor, behind un every unsuccessful man, 
Who's behind that doc? Wait, I just want to correct your first one. Okay. Behind every successful man is an exhausted woman. <laughs> hey, you're killing me. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so behind every unsuccessful man, no, uh, that that is that it depends on the person himself. That that depends on uh, their upbringing, the way they are, the uh, the impulsiveness of 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 their actions, uh, without thinking, uh, the 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 desire to gamble, uh, you know, the gamble in life. A people person wants to gamble in life wants to get rich very quickly. They want the shortest cut to uh, to to fortunes. That's the reason why they gamble. Uh, so. If you ask them, look, there is a business available uh, in certain place, uh, and uh, you can start the business. Uh, does a business, business make a lot of money? Does it have a lot of customers? That's a question they will ask you immediately, because that's what they're aiming for. That that is a mind that tells you that that mind is is, is a man is a mind that's prepared to gamble. Uh, but a person who is normal, stable, standard person would say, okay. I'll have to build that that business up. I'll have to build it up to a, to a level uh, which I can uh, I can be satisfied with. But a person who wants immediate success, immediate large volumes of business, is a person that takes chances. And 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 that's one of the criteria. Is one of them of the criteria that we need to think about uh, when we have that kind of attitude. You know, Doc, uh, you're a family physician, and perhaps a, a question that just uh, floated into my mind. Uh, you know, I want to know who is the more ambitious person when it comes for, you know, the desire of the dunya, clamoring for wealth. Is it the husband or the wife? And who eggs the husband on, hey, you know what, I want this, I want that. And generally, there's a perception that, uh, you know, he's egged on by his wife, and that's why he's chasing after the uh, dunya. How true is that, Doctor? No, I don't think it's true. I think it works both ways. I think you have very driven women and you have very driven men. Uh, and uh, usually you find that if a, if a man is very driven, his wife is not that driven. And if you have a woman that's very driven, his husband is not that driven. Very un, unlikely or, or not very common uh, for both of them uh, to be you know, very driven towards uh, material success. Uh, usually it's one or the other. And uh, it can be men or female, and I know I know both sides. I don't think there's. Uh, uh, I think I think men have an advantage because they are in the business world, uh, so you see you see more of them than you see of women. Uh, but yes, there is an element of uh, keeping up with the Joneses, uh, where you you are living to satisfy other people rather than uh, being content with what Allah Taala has given us. Uh, we are trying to show off to other people how rich we are and how much of money we have. Uh, now, that that is not a very good character, not a very good characteristic to have. And and if you see that any of any of your family members, uh, you should stamp it like, stamp it out, like how you stamp out a cigarette. Ah, you said that very well. That guy, I remember that lighty, you know, at school, they say, hey, the teacher caught me, man. I had the stompy in my hand. You know, they sort of hide and go and uh, smoke in the toilets and so forth. We had all those culprits. But you know, thank Allah. I know, Doc. You didn't ever, You never did that, Doc. You never. You never smoked in your life. I know. For me, no, no. I did smoke. I smoked, uh, but I wasn't a very heavy smoker. One or two a day until I realized that it was, it was haram, and uh, that I was, I was uh, probably 
my, you know, if I did that before Salah, it was upsetting the Musali next to me, so I, I gave it up. Okay, and are you uh, 100%, you're not one of those boys that got caught at school smoking. You never did that. I know that because I'm looking <laughs> at you, mashallah. You, <laughs> I know I know what school you went to. I'll talk to you. Your yes. principal is gone, so I can't, I can't confirm that, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We leave it at that. Now, yeah. doctor, you know, we're talking about bad habits that impact on us and, you know, impacts uh, uh, negatively on our lives. And you know, let's get realistic. You know, we know that Ramadan comes in and it gives us a spiritual boost, as you said. And also, doctor, uh, physical boost that you get. Uh, you know, the cells regenerate uh, every day. You know, they say all that happens. But in Ramadan, the re- spiritual and the physical regeneration of the human being. Talk to us about that, doctor. Yes, uh, you you know the, uh, the physical things that uh, we need to look out, look out for. Uh, you know, it works both ways in Ramadan. You know, Ramadan is a month where you get a lot of blessings from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. It's it's innumerable. You, you know, it's it depends on how sincere you are and how well you conducted yourself during Ramadan and how much you please Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala for Him to reward you for the month of Ramadan. But if you've been doing wrong things. Uh, during Ramadan, you will get negative, negative marks, negative points, negative. You 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 will be in the negative when the Ramadan is over, and uh, you won't even realize it because you're just carrying on normally without uh, consideration of the month of Ramadan. Uh, you're not you're not taking that into account. You just carry on. Uh, you're abusing your staff. Uh, you're abusing your wife. Uh, you carry on being and you're angry with people. Uh, you are uh, you're smoking. Uh, you, I don't know, people drink alcohol during Ramadan. Um, you know, people, people do all kinds of funny things, and they say, "Well, it, it doesn't matter. Nobody can, nobody can see me, uh, and I'll just carry on normally." And uh, they, you know, you are not only losing the opportunity of getting maximum rewards uh, for doing good things, but you also get negative marks, negative points, negative, uh, uh, your, your scales will go down on the other side, and which you don't want. And uh, that's one of the things that we need to take into account. That's why it's so important for us to correct ourselves this month from all these bad things that we get involved in. Physically, we're looking at alcohol. You know, more and more Muslims are now drinking alcohol. I uh, can't understand why that would happen, but uh, the youngsters are getting into it. The youngsters are getting into drugs. Uh, they're smoking. Uh, a lot of women, Muslim women, are smoking. Uh, so you know we're all going in the wrong direction. Uh, so we need to say to ourselves, look, this month, yeah, we are, uh, we've got this opportunity to give up smoking. Uh, and uh, uh, so if we do without smoking for 12 or 13 hours for the day, why can't we give up smoking for the rest of the day? Uh, and that's a men- that's a positive way in which you need to think think of it and say, look, this month. I'm, I'm going to use this month. Remember, uh, you can break a habit in three weeks. Um, so you can, you can say to yourself, this month I'm going to stop smoking. You go through withdrawals, no problem. If you are smarter, if you are, if you are, if you, if you really determined to give up smoking during this month, then start a week or two before Ramadan starts and start cutting down on the cigarettes as much as you can until Ramadan comes. And when Ramadan comes, then you, then you stop completely. Uh, and, and that's that's a correct way to do it. Uh, just slow down initially and then stop. Uh, if you just stop during Ramadan, you are going to get all kinds of withdrawal symptoms, uh, and then that's going to affect your ibadah, which we don't want. So 
start with giving up smoking. Ideal opportunity to stop smoking now uh, during uh, for this mo- this month of Ramadan. And 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 also uh, there are people who are addicted to codeine containing painkillers. Uh, there's a whole host of them, and they are not available without a script. Uh, you, you know, you need a doctor's script, but. Uh, you can, you know, there are so many pharmacies that are giving out medications without scripts. Uh, it's unbelievable. And a lot of them are Muslim pharmacists. Uh, they shouldn't be doing that, but they are doing it. And so, uh, you, you you know, people are getting, uh, uh, besides pharmacy, they are getting it from doctors themselves. Uh, they're getting it from uh, uh, other sources, uh, these painkillers with codeine in it. Remember, codeine uh, is a derivative of, of heroin. Uh, so it, it, it's just as addictive as heroin. Uh, so, you know, you have to, those people who are, who are taking painkillers with codeine, use this opportunity to get rid of it, get, get, get off the habit. And if you do have pain, just take plain Panado. It may not work at the beginning because you've been used to such heavy medications, but after a while, you'll find that it'll start working uh, since your body has been weaned off uh, these uh, codeine-containing con- con- uh, drugs. So uh, we, we should look at these uh, alcohol, smoking, uh, painkillers containing uh, codeine, uh, and, and any other uh, you know, uh, uh, physical things that, we, uh, that is causing harm to us. Uh, people who are overweight, uh, you are abusing your body, actually, if you are overweight. There's an opportunity, again, for you to lose weight during Ramadan uh, because you're not eating for 12 hours, so you make sure that during Seri, Surur, and Iftar, uh, you don't eat foods that are that are high in calories, uh, and if you if you do that, uh, you will lose weight. And if you if you just don't eat fried foods and you don't eat too much of savouries, you you eat your normal food and cut the portions down, you still be a very you still have a very healthy Ramadan, uh, and uh, uh, because we don't need all the food we eat, um, so use that opportunity to lose some weight as well, because uh, that is also another thing that impacts negatively on our health, uh, blood pressure, diabetes, uh, and cholesterol problems and heart disease. Uh, so here's an opportunity if you're overweight, no matter how much overweight you are, uh, here's an opportunity again, Allah Ta'ala has given us uh, to try and reduce our, uh, our weight so that it doesn't impact negatively uh, on our bodies. Uh, remember all these things that I'm talking about, if you indulge in them during Ramadan, it does affect your ibadah. It does affect your ibadah. So why, why deprive yourself of the benefit of this fantastic month uh, by doing things which Allah Ta'ala disapproves of and which Allah Ta'ala, uh, which, which is taking you away from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Uh, then there are other mental and uh, mental issues that we need to talk about, um, the mental problems like, like character and uh, jealousy, anger, aggression, uh, spousal abuse is a very big thing. That's another thing. Uh, we'll talk about that, uh, Shafa. Absolutely, Doctor. You know, and as you're talking, once again, you know, the barakah that flows from you, and uh, you know, you really stimulate the mind of everyone in, uh, uh, you know, wherever, wherever you talk. And I mean, you look at it in, in Ramadan. We talk about Ramadan. You know, uh, for the mind, uh, if, if you really want to stimulate the mind and you want to feed the mind. The food for the mind is knowledge, doctor. And then when you look for body foods, and, you know, we spoil ourselves with the biryani, the kalnios, the samosas, the spring rolls, the puri pattas, and then you get these people going for junk food, the pizzas and the burgers and et cetera and so forth and so forth. 
But doc, the real soul food is a, in is is a noble Quran performing your salah, giving out your zakah, going for hajj, going for umrah, uh, giving out your lilla and all the so forth. And you know, even uh, the uh, the biggest. Imagine what a feast, what a spiritual feast you can have for your soul in Ramadan, doctor. I mean, yeah. uh, that analogy just came in my mind, doc. Mm, absolutely, uh, yes, and 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 this is an opportunity. We should look at it as an opportunity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. Uh, here's a chance. Allah ta'ala is telling you, look, I'm giving you one month, uh, better yourself. Here's your chance, improve yourself to go into Jannah. And now as far as I, I, I you know, I just um, have an image in my mind uh, about Jannah where, where there's a whole uh, different categories of, uh, of Jannah, where, uh, you know, from, from lower Jannah to higher Jannah to right high, very high Jannah. Uh, and uh, uh, you can imagine to, to, uh, to yourself that there are steps that you need to take to go up and up and up and up and up to improve yourself uh, in, in, the, in the quality of the Jannah that you're going to have. Uh, so uh, so when, when, uh, when you know, our elders say, our spiritual leaders say that, you know, if you do this, you elevate yourself in Jannah. You, you, you know, um, so what that means is that you're climbing more steps. You're going higher up. Here's an opportunity during Ramadan to go really, really take a lift right up as, as high as you can uh, to get as, as much benefit as you can so that you get into a better, uh, a better situation in Jannah uh, so that you have a better eternal life. I mean, as a doctor says, it's a wild day. And as you said, Jannah to Firdos, everyone says, I want, inshallah, give, Allah give us all Jannah to Firdos. And they, the ultimate is to see the waj or to see the countenance of our creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it has been also said that he'll be reading to us, inshallah, doc, <laughs> Surah Ar-Rahman, so which is it of the favors of your Lord do you deny? And the answer is none. Yes, Doc, you know, before the show came on, we had made a, con a composite. And I must thank uh, Mufti A.K. Hussain to his so, you know, on time uh, that he posted uh, before time. And many people look at it. And uh, whilst uh, they were looking at it, a lot of questions had come to me. And I was quite amazed. And I said, that doctor has a whole medley of questions. So I want to delve into the question, ASAP, doctor. And Apa Kala said, uh, uh, Brother Shafad, uh, Jazakallah Khair for bringing on Dr. Farooq Hafiji. And uh, I'm uh, quite afraid I'm in my late uh, uh, late 50s and I'm not drinking enough water. I know it's a bad habit, but how can I uh, psych myself in drinking more water? Can uh, the family physician, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, please uh, give me some advice? Doctor, how, what will you tell Apakala? Yes, sir, as we get older, <clears throat> Uh, we tend to lose our thirst uh, sensation. <clears throat> so the older we are, the, the less thirsty we get. Although we need the water, we normally, uh, if we if our body needs the water, we'll get thirsty and we'll go and drink the water. But as we get older, we lose that thirst sensation. So the result that we don't we don't feel that thirst. Uh, so so you know uh, we don't drink as much water. So we know that in, on an, in an average person, 70 kilogram weight uh, for a male and, and maybe something like 60 kilograms in a female, we need about 1.5 liters of water a day for the kidney to function optimally. 1.5 liters of liquid a day for our kidney to function normally. 
So that's the basic. <clears throat> we have to have 1.5 liters of water, not less than that, because if you have less than that, you're compromising the function of your kidney. It cannot get rid of all the toxins that are accumulating in your body. So thereafter, above 1.5 liters of liquid that you, you need to drink on a daily basis, you now need to consider all the other things that, that are happening to you when you perspire, when we talk, we are losing fluid uh, and uh, the aerosol that comes out of our mouths when we talk, uh, that's all liquid that's coming out. Perspiration make, takes a big part in, in removing uh, uh, water from our body. <clears throat> when we evacuate our bowel, we're losing water from our body. So all that we need to use, we need to put at least another 500 to another 750 mils of water uh, of liquid during the day. So we're looking at about 2 liters to 2.5 liters of liquids a day for an average person. If you are overweight uh, and you're, or you're very tall and a, and a big, big built person, you may need 3 liters. And if you're a small person uh, and not, not very, uh, you know, under 50 kgs, you may not need that much of water. You may, you may do uh, with 1.5 liters for the day because your body is small uh, and uh, you, you don't need that much of water. So it just depends on uh, where, uh, how your body is. Uh, go according to the color of your urine. If your urine is clear or, or light yellow, you are well hydrated. If, if your urine is dark, when you go to the toilet, your past urine is dark, the darker it is, the more dehydrated you are. Uh, so when you come out of the toilet, Drink some water if your urine is dark because you know that that's a sign that your body is, is dehydrating. Now, if you're a forgetful person and you can't remember to drink water, uh, take a jug or a bottle. <clears throat> uh, not one of these plastic bottles because some of this plastic leaches out of it. Uh, so it's not a good idea. A glass jug is a, is a good idea. Uh, and, and you fill the glass jug with two liters of water in the morning. And uh, keep it at a place where you can see it. Or during the day, and 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 drink from there from the morning, and by by six o'clock in the evening, that that jug should be empty. That means you you had your two liters of water. Nobody else must drink from that jug except you, and uh, and and so in that way you know exactly. So if, if lunchtime comes and your jug is three quarter full, you know you haven't drunk enough water. Now you need to start drinking more and more and more to make sure that that you finish those two liters by six o'clock in the evening. I say six o'clock because if you drink any water after six o'clock, uh, it's gonna impact on your sleep because it's gonna get you up at night to pass urine, which you don't want. You want a restful sleep. Uh, so try not to drink any liquids after six uh, in the evening. Uh, it will impact on your passing urine at night. It'll get you up from your sleep, which we don't want. Sakala for that, Dr. Mahmoud says, I'm a workaholic and I bring my work home. Dr. Faru Kafaji, but the problem is I'm eating late at night, especially cold food from the fridge. Uh, what are the effects of this, uh, doctor? Thus far, I'm uh, quite uh, healthy because I'm, uh, I'm only 39 years old, uh, doctor. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, the first thing that is wrong is that he's bringing work home. Uh, we shouldn't be. Uh, work is where we go to uh, earn our living and also to to uh, give us some passion about things in life. Uh, we may have some passion about something, and if, if, if our job fulfills that passion, uh, that's ideal. 
uh, because now you 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 are doing something which you are getting paid for, but at the same time you have a passion for it. But you know, there should there has to be a cutoff point uh, because you are not working to live. Uh, you know, you 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 just bring it onto yourself. This is controllable only by yourself. So you should have a cutoff point and not bring home, not bring work home. Uh, because you have family commitments. Even if you are single, you still have family commitments. You need to talk to your parents. You need to talk to your siblings. Uh, you need to talk to your, your, your nephews and nieces. Uh, you need to see what's going on in the house. Uh, anything, to, anything needed to be done in the house. Uh, have conversations with the people around you uh, to find out how the day went and, and develop a relationship with your family members that's what we need to do that's what we we're supposed to be doing in the evening and and the times that we have uh, with our family members also uh, not eating regularly is a problem because your body uh, and uh, works on on a biorhythm uh, you have uh, breakfast at seven o'clock in the morning every day your body expects the breakfast every every morning at seven in the evening you have supper at six o'clock in the evening uh, your body is expecting you to have supper at six o'clock in the evening, so it actually prepares itself uh, to receive the supper at that time. But if your if your supper is erratic, uh, six o'clock, seven o'clock, sometimes nine o'clock, sometimes ten o'clock, uh, it's not a good not a good idea for the body uh, to be uh, to be wavering like that as far as uh, food food is concerned. The other thing is, the later you have food in the evening, the worse it impacts on on your sleep, uh, because remember. Food takes two hours, minimum of two hours to digest solid food. If it's if it's got if it's an if it's, if it has oil in it, if it's an oily content food, uh, the the um, the stomach emptying time is even longer than two hours. It's three hours, sometimes even four hours. And uh, so, if you have uh, your supper too late in the evening, you are actually impacting on your digestive system, uh, which is not a good idea. So overall, whatever this person is doing. It's all wrong. You need to correct yourself and try and work right from basics again. Don't bring work home if you can. Try and finish your work at work. Have supper at a, at a decent time and make it a regular time and give about two hours, at least two hours before you sleep uh, so that you have two hours of stomach emptying time uh, so that when you go to sleep, your stomach is empty. Uh, and then and, and you find that you're, you and then sleep early uh, so that you, you, know, you can wake up early in the morning. Um, so all these things need to be put into place uh, to develop a good habit. Fantastic advice uh, coming through uh, from our Dr. Faru Kafiji. Make dua for him, people. He's definitely someone. He's an asset uh, to the Ummah. Doctor, uh, looking at a message from Zain, and Zain says, uh, Doctor, I live in a block of flats and I'm not getting enough exercise. The reason is when I go down and I want to exercise, the people gawk at me. I don't like that, Doctor. What else can I do? Please note, I can't afford a gym. <laughs> Doc, how do you respond to Zane? Uh, yes, it depends how what uh, what age uh, Zane is, but uh, you can you can uh, exercise wherever you are. Uh, in fact, it's not a bad idea to exercise in your in your house, in your flat, in your apartment. Uh, just uh, you know, make sure that you don't uh, have any furniture uh, in in your way, and just go from one room to another room. Uh, and uh, you don't have to run. You can you can walk at a decent pace, and keep walking for about half an hour from one room to another room, and another room, and go keep going. Work out, chart out a a a, a sort of a, a route in your in your apartment, uh, in your flat, uh, and make zikr during that time. And you can go through. You can imagine in half an hour how much zikr you're going to be making. Uh, 
take a tasbih in your hand and start making zikr and imagine you are going you're going around the Kaaba. Uh, while you're making the zikr, you'll be going around the Kaaba and you're going and for those people who have been to Makkah, fortunate enough to go to Makkah and perform Umrah, you know what the Kaaba looks like. Uh, you know where the uh, Hazrat Aswat is, you know where the Makam Ibrahim is, uh, you know where the door of the Kaaba is. So as you're walking and you know where the Hatim area is, so as you are as you are walking in your flat, you can imagine that you are walking, you are doing tawaf, uh, and uh, you are passing all these structures while you are making zikr. Uh, and if you keep doing that, you'll never get bored uh, while you are walking. And you can and then that for half an hour of walking in the morning and between Asad and Maghrib uh, it will be enough for you uh, to keep yourself fit. Now looking at this message, an anonymous sister says, uh, Doctor, I hear so much about sleeping and people saying sleep is a healer. And I'm so paranoid about it, uh, that doctor, that if I'm not going off to sleep, I take sleeping tablets. Am I doing a wrong thing? I believe that sleep is a healer and that sleeping tablets help me to get my sleep eight hours plus. Doctor, how do you respond to the sister? Two wrongs don't make a wrong, don't make a right. Mm. Two wrongs don't make a right. If you're not having a good sleep on your own, there's something wrong that's creating the problem. Uh, you need to attend to that. Either you're having a breathing problem, you can't breathe through your nose properly because uh, when we're sleeping, we breathe through our, through our nose. Uh, so if our nose is blocked, uh, you, you're going to have you're going to wake up uh, at night with a dry mouth, and you're going to choke, and you're going to do all kinds of things and get up. So try and find out why you can't sleep at night. Is there something on your mind? Are you thinking about something that's uh, that you're going to be doing the next day, uh, things, uh, is, uh, is there some uncertainty in your life? Uh, is there something that you are not pleased, not happy with in your life that's creating you not to sleep? Now, these are the things that, some of the things that will impact on your sleep at night. So try and find that out because, because if you're not having a good quality of sleep, now you're taking sleeping tablets, which you're doing wrong again. Uh, so try not to take sleeping tablets. Try and take things uh, that would calm you down. Uh, you know, like a hot chocolate drink at night, maybe. Uh, a, a bit of extra carbohydrates, because carbohydrates tend to make you a bit uh, lethargic, a bit, a bit uh, lazy. So uh, so that, that will help you uh, to sleep. Uh, and about half an hour before sleep, uh, even if you're you having a problem with your thoughts, and your thoughts are racing, in your mind all the time, you may need an hour before sleep where you need to calm yourself down. You need to calm yourself down and try and talk to yourself and and and, and try and meditate with zikrullah. You can read Quran. You can calm yourself down before you get to bed. Don't look at your phone. Don't look at your phone for the last one hour before you go to sleep at night uh, because the light, the light from the phone uh, will, will, will stop the melatonin from being produced in your brain. So you, we need melatonin to make us sleep. And melatonin is produced when we, uh, when darkness, when we make the room dark, as soon as we make the room dark, the brain starts producing a hormone called melatonin. And melatonin is responsible for initiating sleep, uh, for, for us to get to sleep. Uh, so if, you, if you're using a, uh, a cell phone and you, you got a, a bright light, uh, you, the room can be dark, but you you got you, you you're looking at this light. Uh, your your melatonin will not be produced with the result that you yeah, you won't have a problem initiating sleep. So all these things need to be taken into account. No cell phone for the last hour 
uh, half an hour, if you're not, uh, if your mind is not racing around, uh, then you, you know you you need to calm down, make zikrullah, uh, you know, uh, make wudu, ritu uh, rakat salah if you want. Calm down, calm down before you get to sleep at night. Uh, read your kalimas, read all the the things that you need to read uh, before sleeping at night, uh, and just slowly allow yourself to go to sleep. Uh, some some of us don't allow ourselves to go to sleep. We keep waking up because we keep telling ourselves, "This is what I have to do. This is what I have to do. This is what I have to do." So when you when you when you have that kind of mind, have a have have a pad and a pen next to you, and when you think about what you need to do the next day, write it down on this paper. And every time you think about something, write it down on this paper. So what you've really done is you've taken it out of your mind and put it on the paper. Tell yourself tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm going to look at this paper and see all the things that I need to do. Otherwise, the whole evening you'll be saying, I mustn't forget to phone this person. I mustn't forget to make that appointment. I must, I must make sure that I go there tomorrow. Uh, all these things will be buzzing and buzzing and buzzing and buzzing around your head. But if you put it down on paper, you've taken it out of your mind and put it on paper. So all these things need to be done to try and uh, comfort yourself, comfort your mind so that you can go to sleep. Absolutely, doctor. And you know, I don't know, maybe you have the same habit, but Allah has been good to me. Whenever I, my head hit the pillow, I'm gone to La La Land. What about you, doc? Yes, me too. I don't, sometimes I don't even have enough time to, to finish what I'm reading um, before I, I'm gone, I'm knocked out. So, I, so what I do, knowing that fact, I try and read my evening things before I hit the pillow, if I can. Uh, so that be, because I know in one minute, two minutes, and I'm gone. Uh, and uh, but that happens because I, you know, I try and correct myself and I try and calm myself down before. Because I know that that sleep is so important, and the and the better quality of sleep that you have, uh, the better your body regenerates itself, uh, the better your memory becomes, uh, and you, you and your recall of surahs in the morning would be far better and your and recall of duas in the morning would be far better uh, if you have a good night's sleep uh, because your memory has had a chance uh, to reorganize itself in your brain uh, while you have this good uh, good sleep yeah i said with a question he says assalamu alaikum i'm so excited that dr faru kafiji is on i'm hearing so much about eating too much of a sodium i want to know from uh, dr faru kafiji what is the meaning of eating too much of so uh, sodium and what are its uh, repercussions doctor uh yes uh, salt is sodium chloride whether it's himalayan salt or whatever salt we get it from it's, it's sodium chloride these are two uh, elements now that join together to give us salt, uh, and uh, uh, the problem is with uh, with salt. Salt retains water, uh, so the the more salt you have in your body, the more water you will retain. Uh, so, uh, and the the kidney is constantly trying to eliminate salt because our diet is always rich in salt. It's it's we have we have more salt that we consume than our, than our body needs. So if, if the kidney didn't get rid of the salt, uh, we would really be waterlogged because all the salt that would be in our body uh, would, now, would then be accumulating water. And of course, uh, we will have a problem. We will have a problem. Uh, so uh, our kidney plays a very big role in trying to el eliminate uh, the extra uh, uh, sodium uh, from, the, from our body, sodium chloride from our body. Uh, so, and, and, and for that, we need to drink water so that uh, the body, uh, the kidney can get rid of that. So if, if too much of uh, 
uh, sodium collecting in our body, uh, then we get too much of water retention in our body, and that pushes up our blood pressure. So, so a high salt intake will increase blood pressure. Uh, so that's why we tell people who have high blood pressure to try and cut their salt levels down. So, so you have to cut your salt levels as, as low as you can so that it does not cause the body to retain that extra water. That Yeah, it seems uh, we have, uh, we'll try and get a doctor back there. And uh, yeah, uh, we see our engineer working uh, fervently there uh, to bring doctor back online. Uh, doc, are you there? Okay, as the doctor talks about uh, the salt levels and, uh, you know, I wonder what type of salt, if you have the Himalayan salt or you have the ordinary table salt and uh, what are the effects and what affects us. And alhamdulillah, um, it is important. I don't know for me, you know, people say, okay, we need food, but we need food with the larger salt content and I need, uh, you know, there's no salt in the food and bring the salt and so forth, so forth. Or what do you do? No salt, no taste, and that and that. But doctor makes a point that also, you know, you have a problem that uh, you have uh, the uh, pressure, and then you need to uh, be careful about that. Uh, Doctor Farooq Afiji, are you back? Okay, what we'll do, we'll get our engineers to uh, reconnect with the doc, and uh, we'll see what's happening there. And uh, yeah, okay, Lucalo, what we'll do, we'll try and get the doctor back, and uh, yeah. Let's quickly go for a break and uh, we'll try and bring uh, Dr. Back online. You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Jazakallah uh, for getting back, uh, Doc. You know, you get these uh, networks already worrying us. Uh, uh, yeah, we broke off when you were talking about, you know, salt. And uh, I think uh, Brother Asad asked about uh, potassium and uh, the side effects. What are the repercussions? And I was always thinking, you know, you, you always said uh, people will say, oh, but the food is uh, less in salt. And some people are. Can there be such a thing as addiction, addiction to salt? And what are your views on Himalayan salt? You know, is it a much better, high, you know, it's a high quality salt. But what are your views? You know, say, oh, you'd rather go for only Himalayan salt and so forth. Your thoughts, sir, doctor? Uh, yes, uh, you know, uh, with uh, with salt, uh, this, it's not an addiction. It's a matter of our our taste buds adjusting to the amount of salt in the food. So you can change that by uh, having uh, less salt, um, uh, and less and less and less and less salt until it comes to a point where uh, you are you are not having too much of salt. Our body does need salt, so we can't say no salt. We have to have a little bit of salt. But it's a matter of adjusting our taste buds. Remember, it takes three weeks to form a habit. So it will take about three weeks for us to adjust our taste buds to a low salt level. Once you've done that, uh, uh, food that's a bit salty will taste very salty to you because your taste buds have adjusted. As far as uh, Himalayan salt is concerned, you see all the salt that we get at the the moment in South Africa, uh, whether it's rough salt or fine salt, is iodated. It's got iodine in it. And the reason for that is that our, our soil in South Africa doesn't have iodine in it. And, uh, and we need iodine to, for, for our thyroid function so that our thyroid can produce thyroid hormone, uh, which, which uh, is uh, involved with our metabolism, um, uh, our metabolism in our body. So going back again, we need the iodine, but the, the soil doesn't have the iodine. And normally we get the iodine from vegetables. Uh, from the soil, it comes into the vegetable, and as we eat the vegetables, we get the iodine. But in South Africa, 
the soil does not have enough iodine. Iodine is also found in seafoods. Uh, and, and this is not something that uh, people eat on a regular basis. Uh, so, so, uh, so the population will become iron, uh, iodine deficient, with the result that they will all develop coitus and they will develop problems with the thyroid. So what the government decided to do many, many, many years ago, I'm talking about 40, 50 years ago, is to put iodine in salt. So when you, when you have iodine in salt, now everybody uses salt for their cooking. So now by using the salt, you are now also getting iodine. So you're getting iodine supplements on an ongoing basis uh, where your, your thyroid gland is now satisfied with the iodine that's getting. It can now produce the thyroid hormone and the thyroid problem uh, 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 mainly not, 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 you know, 40, 50 years ago, we had a lot of people with goiters. We don't, we hardly see people with goiters these days simply because of the iodine in the salt. Now, Himalayan salt is also salt and sodium chloride, but it doesn't have the iodine in it. Uh, so I don't know what's, you know, I can't see the difference in it. Um, I can't see where the benefit is. It's salt, it's salt, uh, but just as it comes from Himalaya. Maybe in the Himalaya, they may be saying, this is South African salt, very special South African salt. Uh, and here in South Africa, we are saying, this is Himalayan salt, very special Himalayan salt. So I think that's what it is. Yeah, you make a good point there, Doc. And also, we're talking about uh, Sister Amina. She said, Brother Shafat, I'm uh, in the habit of choosing foods because they sound healthy and the picture looks good. How do doctor advise people like me? Because it's Ramadan and I'm filling my, I'm filling my deep freezes, uh, doctor. Uh, yes, uh, not a bad idea to prepare some foods for Ramadan because it will save you time as long as you use that extra time in Ramadan for Ibadah. Uh, so the extra time that you now have because you've prepared the food before Ramadan, you need to use that time for Ibadah. You can't use that, that time now that Allah Ta'ala has given you extra time for doing other things like uh, social media, uh, uh, surfing, uh, or, or going out shopping or doing other things that are not related to Ibadah. Uh, so all the time that you've saved uh, in Ramadan by preparing your food now should be spent in Ibadah. If you do that, Alhamdulillah, that's very good. Uh, doctor, looking at this message, it says, uh, Doctor, I'm having everything in olive oil. Is there any benefits in that? Olive oil is monosaccharide. Uh, uh, it's the, the vegetable oils that we have, like sunflower oil, is polysaccharides. Uh, these, uh, uh, the, the olive oil has monosaccharides. Now, these are very good oil, absolutely good oil for the body. Uh, it's metabolized very easily. Uh, and it's a, it's very it's a healing. It has a healing property. Uh, it's it has it, the calorie content is the same as any other oil, uh, but um, it's a soothing oil. So that's why you can use it on your skin, and you can use it in your ear, and you can use it uh, in wherever you want uh, because uh, it doesn't sting, it doesn't smell. Uh, it's wonderful. Allah is one of the blessings of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Uh, and actually, uh, those people who have a cholesterol problem and they take. Uh, uh, olive oil, uh, it actually improves the, the cholesterol situation. Absolutely, doctor. And uh, looking at this message, it says, uh, Doctor, Assalamu alaikum. I know you are one of the best uh, family physicians ever. And I want to tell you, doctor, I uh, like eating my lunch at uh, my desk. Uh, thus far, I've been eating very frugally because I'm always on, on a rush. How is this uh, impacting on my physicality and my health? 
I can't see anything just yet because I'm only 24 years old. Doctor? You have to have a break. You have to have a break from your working environment. Uh, and that's very important for your mental uh, health. Uh, and of course, you need to be relaxed when you're eating. Uh, otherwise, when you are tensed, your body, your, your stomach is also tensed. Uh, and uh, we have a nerve called the vagus nerve, which goes from the brain to the, to the stomach and to the bowel. And, and uh, that is directly, uh, so our brain is directly connected to our digestive system. So if we are stressed and we are thinking about things while we're eating, our stomach is uh, not relaxed. It is not, it is not uh, uh, in a state where it can digest food uh, properly. So not a good idea to eat at your desk. You need to get out. You need to either go to another room or, or, or go outside, sit on a bench uh, or somewhere uh, where the environment is different, where you can relax and, and enjoy your lunch. Now, Doctor, we started off our show, we saying, uh, spoke about bad habits, interrupts uh, our lives and prevents us uh, from accomplishing our goals. They jeopardize our health mentally and physically, and they waste your time and energy. Let's talk about individuals wasting each other's time and energy, you know, taking each one back, cussing, cursing, screaming at each other, uh, you know, picking on uh, things that are instead of moving forward, going backwards and uh, picking and calling people hedonistic, calling people narcissists. And sometimes uh, these individuals that are screaming at others, maybe talking about themselves and, uh, you know, and blaming others for all that they have, uh, you know, done wrong themselves. How do you uh, put this conundrum right, uh, conundrum right, doctor? Uh, well, you see, Ramadan, Ramadan, as we said earlier, uh, is a month that Allah has given us to try and correct our character as well. Uh, correct all the wrong things that we do. Uh, and the things that we do during Ramadan are things that please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, uh, so we need to concentrate on that. And in that process, we need to self-analyze and ask ourselves uh, where, where, where we're going wrong. So we, if, we, if during Ramadan we are a model person, no verbal abuse, no monetary abuse, that means you're not holding back money from your spouse, you're not, you, 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 you're not being stingy, uh, you are being, uh, uh, not being frugal, uh, you, are, you are being generous during Ramadan, you need to be generous throughout the year. You need to be, uh, if you're not, not for verbally abusing people around you, you need to do that for the rest of the year as well. And if you are not physically abusing anybody because of Ramadan, no, I don't, I don't, um, uh, this month, this month, I'm going to not uh, lay a hand on my wife, uh, on whoever it is, uh, then you have to do that for the rest of the year as well, because then you haven't learned anything in Ramadan. Uh, you're just doing that as a pretense rather than trying to correct your character. Uh, and, uh, you know, even psychological abuse, you know, uh, telling your wife, you're not good enough, you know, you're useless, you know, you're not worth it. I don't know why I married you. I should have married somebody else and that kind of thing, you know. Uh, that's, that's physical abuse. Uh, sorry, that's psychological abuse. Bringing the person's self-esteem down for no reason whatsoever, except to, to, to increase your own ego and to make yourself feel a bit better. Uh, so that ego needs to be tamed during Ramadan. Uh, our nafs needs to be tamed during Ramadan. Our desires need to be tamed during Ramadan. And we need to, we need to really, from now, we need to take, take stock of how, what, what type of a person am I? Do I want to remain this type of person? I, I need to change. So use Ramadan to, to start changing. And after Ramadan, don't, grab, don't go back to your old habits again. Uh, remain as you are, as if it is Ramadan. 
and you can correct your character and everybody around you would love you. Yeah, that's true, uh, Doctor, and everyone around you will love you. Allah and his angels will love you. Allah will love you, and he will command them to love you, alhamdulillah. Beautifully said, and, uh, you know, yeah, I can hear that brother telling me, but what about uh, some wives telling, uh, telling the husbands they're not good enough and uh, they should have not married them? What happens then, uh, Doctor? Yes, absolutely. It works both ways. Uh, it works both ways, husband and wife, and, uh, and yes, we... I've had situations where the wife has told the husband that, that as well. And uh, yes, it works both ways. Whether you're a man or a woman, uh, you need to take stock of yourself and see what wrong you're doing and how you're hurting people and, and how you can stop stop doing that. Um, and also, you know, during, you know, sometimes our bad habits impact our, on our relationship as well. Take gambling, for instance. Uh, you know, gambling, the person who's addicted to gambling, a person who's addicted to pornography, a person who's... These are things that you don't see. See, painkillers, you can see the person taking the tablet. Drugs, you can you can see the person's physical condition changing. Smoking, you can smell the smoke and you can, you, you know the person is smoking. But things like pornography and, and, uh, um, and gambling, there's no signs and, uh, on a person. So... Uh, so they get away without people knowing what, what actually they're doing. So very often, it's a silent type of addiction, and uh, it, just, it just perpetuates because nobody knows about it unless they are caught, uh, uh, caught by one of the family members doing, uh, doing that. Uh, so here's a, here's a chance again to stop uh, these, uh, these addictions because this type of addiction can have very severe consequences Yes, uh, the gremlins have uh, set in now once again, but alhamdulillah, uh, mashallah, good uh, input coming through from our very own uh, Dr. Faru Kafiji. And uh, to all of you, a uh, big jazakallah khaira for sending in your questions. Uh, add uh, to a vibey show and uh, keep it locked on uh, because uh, very soon uh, we'll be going for the Isha Zan. And inshallah, when we get back, uh, Pertinence Punctuated will be joining us.